0: Welcome to Liberty Island. Have you ever admired something so much that you dedicated your life to honoring it? For one man, it was an admiration this great for America and the concept of individual liberty that inspired one of the largest statues the world had ever seen, the Statue of Liberty. I am Tian von Furstenberg, and this is... Raising the torch. On this episode, we'll meet American University historian Alan Crowd, Ellis Island historian Barry Marino, and National Park Service ranger Melissa Magnuson Kennedy, who will journey us back in time. It is during the next few minutes that you will learn about the people responsible for breathing life into Lady Liberty. You will also explore how its symbolism has evolved from upholding the importance of individual liberty to becoming a modern-day beacon of safe harbor.
1: I'm Alan Kraut, University Professor of History at American University in Washington, D.C. The concept of the Statue of Liberty really came out of a discussion between Edward Laboulaye, who was a French scholar, a constitutional scholar, uh, and a sculptor named Frederick Auguste Bartholdi. Laboulaye was a very great admirer of the United States. He was terribly concerned about what monarchism had done to France. He was deeply involved in in thinking about, talking about, lecturing about, writing about politics of Europe in the 19th century and, of course, the United States. He was particularly excited by the outcome of the American Civil War, the emancipation of four million slaves, and also the long relationship that the United States had had with France going back to the Revolution when the French came to our aid. And so for all of these reasons... Laboyer was excited about the possibility of engaging with the United States and, in, in his mind, celebrating the freedom of the slaves, celebrating the outcome of the Civil War, and celebrating the long relationship between France and the United States.
2: I'm Barry Moreno, librarian and historian at the Statue of Liberty National Monument and the Ellis Island National Museum of Immigration. Laboulaye uses America as a symbol of, of good things. He sees Bartoli as the tool by which he can achieve his aim of giving a gift. Because it's Laboulaye begins to think a gift to the Americans, essential as we approach the centennial. It was Bartoli, of course, the sculptor, who drew his attention to the possibilities of a statue, and
1: particularly a colossus in the form of a woman. Bartholdi was born in 1834, and so he was still very much a young man. He was a young man in search of projects, and he was in search of big projects. He was a sculptor of considerable talent. That talent was just beginning to be recognized in his home country of France, and he was thinking about what he could do that would attract more attention to his work and to the kind of sculpture that he appreciated. And he most appreciated very large expressions. And he associated the large sculpture with big ideas. Certainly a statue somewhere in the United States that would express the friendship of France and the United States as well as the notion of liberty. Well, what could be a bigger idea than that? It's a goddess
2: the Roman goddess Libertas in Latin, uh, and she's going to be 151 feet tall. She's going to be the tallest man-made structure in New York City. The Statue of Liberty was constructed initially in a workshop, and then the finished parts were built or constructed in an open courtyard. So people walking down the street could see the rising goddess of liberty. And, of course, they were stunned because the Statue of Liberty was the biggest statue in Paris as she came to the finish of her construction. And so the Parisians fell in love with the goddess. She was so French, so they were very much amazed and charmed by the great goddess of liberty.
3: The Statue of Liberty is a work of art, of course. And so as a work of art, there's a lot of symbolism, and of course these things can mean really anything that the viewer wants, because you know we all kind of interpret art and... Kind of make it our own in a way by by really thinking about the different parts of it in a way that connects to us. My name is Melissa Magnuson Kennedy, and I'm a supervisory park ranger at the Statue of Liberty National Monument. The Statue of Liberty, even though that's what we call the statue, of, you know, on a day-to-day basis, the full name is the Statue of Liberty Enlightening the World. I get it, you know, we want to shorten things, but the full name of the Statue of Liberty is just amazing because it it kind of really tells more about what the purpose of the statue is. It was to spread these ideals of liberty throughout the entire world, not just to the United States, not just to France, the entire world. The torch is literally a beacon of light. It is meant to enlighten the world, not just with light,
1: but also with the ideas of liberty and democracy. There's also the crown with the rays coming out of the crown. The next thing you, we look at is the tablet in the left arm. This
2: tablet has the date of the Declaration of Independence and the uh, in Roman numerals. So that symbolizes the United States, the creation of this country.
1: One of the, the feet is uh, planted squarely on some shackles. And it's clear that the shackles have been shattered. These are the shackles that hold people in bondage, and now they are being shattered by the embodiment of liberty. The statue has evolved in its meaning over time. Initially, the statue had nothing to do with immigration, absolutely nothing. The French did not mention immigration. The Americans who were involved in the project did not mention immigration. The only person who mentioned immigration was a young poetess named Emma Lazarus. She had been asked to write a poem as
3: a fundraiser for the Statue of Liberty. And so she wrote The New Colossus, which may not sound familiar, but the words of that poem are very much familiar, I think, to a lot of people. So give me your tired,
1: your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. The wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these the homeless tempest-tossed to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door. And that stanza embodies in many ways the connection between immigration and the Statue of Liberty. Between 1880 and the 1920s, approximately 23 and a half million immigrants came to the United States. It was, up to that point, the largest immigration in American history. And it was this immigration that seemed to reflect the kinds of sentiments that Lazarus had expressed. Here were the huddled masses coming to the United States in ever greater numbers. Here were the people who were coming out of poverty in search of opportunity, in search of freedom. And so the migration and the statue became tied together. Like many Americans and really
3: many people throughout the world, uh, I have ancestors who came through Ellis Island. So my great-grandfather, my great-grandmother on my dad's side actually came through Ellis Island. Today we see the Statue of Liberty from ferries that bring us out to to Liberty Island. At that time, you would have approached from further back on a steamship that had just entered the harbor from the Atlantic Ocean. And so it'd be amazing to see it getting bigger and bigger as the steamship gets closer and closer to Liberty Island and then passes right by it. But at the time, it was one of the tallest things in the harbor. And so for immigrants seeing this enormous statue, seemingly welcoming them to the United States, it would have been very, very impressive. The Statue of Liberty would not have been the green that we're familiar with today, but rather the color of an American penny. So that brownish, reddish color that you would see if you just pull out a handful of change. <laughs> and then, of course, over the course, a couple decades, it turned into the green that we're so familiar with. Today, the Statue of Liberty is still, I mean, it's a symbol that we are striving to be something more, to be better, to be even more free. And the meaning has evolved over time, and it changes... And it's a little bit different with every single visitor, every single person who sees the Statue of Liberty. Because a statue, as one scholar wrote, is a hollow icon. And
2: people can fill it with any thoughts or ideologies or fancies or artistic notions or anything they want. And people have done it amazingly well.
1: I think that if Edward de Laboyer were alive he would be absolutely thrilled with what the Statue of Liberty has become. An international symbol of freedom. A place where people come to contemplate the possibilities of human liberty and all of the freedoms and self-governance that he aspired to for France, as well as for the United States. Bartholdi uh, would be quite gratified that the statue stands, that it is identified with him, and to have a piece of one's own work, one's own vision, become the symbol of liberty and human aspiration, what could be a greater tribute to an artist's talent?
2: I see the statue continuing to evolve as the culture changes. America will evolve just as it did in the 20th century and these first two decades of this current century. So the statue will be a part of change in social change in society and people will
1: react to the statue in their own situations. I think the Statue of Liberty will continue to represent human aspiration toward liberty, self-governance, freedoms of all sorts moving forward. It will, in a sense, be what it is today, and that is the fulcrum of discussion and debate over concepts of freedom and liberty. And that's what it should be.
3: For future generations, the Statue of Liberty will be the symbol of friendship, the symbol of liberty and democracy, but I do think it'll be a symbol for change and always, always striving to be better, be a better person, be a better community, be a better country, be a better world.
0: On the next episode of Raising the Torch...
1: The spirit of the democratization of the funding of the statue, I think, is what's important. Had they the will, uh, a handful of New York millionaires could easily have funded that pedestal. But how much more appropriate to have the pennies of schoolchildren and the coins of people of very modest means, those who had been born in America and those who had come to America to fund this statue.
0: Join us as we find out more about the fascinating history of the Statue of Liberty.
3: Raising the Torch is a limited series podcast from the Statue of Liberty and Ellis Island Foundation and Frequency Media. Narrated by Diane von Furstenberg. Executive produced by Michelle Corey and Alex Loomis. Produced by Chloe Wilson. Content strategy and research by Jessica Olivier. Sound design by Cooper Skinner. Music by Adam Poulin. Sound engineering by Josephine Neonai and Paul Ruist. Recorded at WAMU in Washington, D.C., Argo Studios in New York City, and Listen Up Audio in Atlanta. Special thanks to Alan Kraut, Melissa Magnuson-Kennedy, Barry Marino, and the joint efforts of National Park Service and Statue of Liberty Foundation employees for helping to bring this story to life.